This is the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Inside, you'll learn how to build, grow, and scale your digital marketing agency all from the comfort of your favorite coffee shop. Let's get started with the show. Everybody and welcome again to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast, the podcast that gives you an inside look into how entrepreneurs built and grew their digital marketing agencies. If this is your first time checking out the podcast, we're super excited to have you. Uh, and I just want to encourage you to go and subscribe to us, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast. Uh, go subscribe and drop us a review while you're in there. I'd love to hear what you think about it. So today our guest on the podcast is Jason Swank. Jason has literally written a book on how to grow your agency from nothing to eight figures. He is one of the most sought out advisors to agencies in the world by showing them an eight system framework that worked for growing his agency. And it's worked for his clients as well, like AT&T, Hitachi, Lotus Cars, and all of that success eventually led to the selling of his agency. Jason, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, so my first question that I always ask every single person that I love asking the most is what got you on the path to becoming an entrepreneur and starting your own agency in the first place? I owe everything to Justin Timberlake. Um, <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that answer. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. And, and the funny thing is, is I don't know Justin. My, one of my best friends looked like uh, Justin Timberlake in the late 90s. And so I created a, a fake band website with the four of us um, called In Shit. And it was like making fun <laughs> of NSYNC. And so it got popular. It was even on like a GeoCity URL. Like we didn't even have a domain name for it. And it got popular and then people started asking me to design websites. So like most of us, we're all accidental agency owners. Like we knew how to do something cool. Someone offered us money. We're like, sure, let's, let's get going. <laughs> yeah. That's it. So how old were you when you created that website? 21. 20, all right. <laughs> Long time ago. <laughs> yes. So that's exciting. So once you started that agency, I'm assuming it was just websites, but then how did it grow from there? What did it, what did it look like? Yeah. I mean, it was $500 websites. Uh, we were, I was basically going through the yellow pages going, Hey, like, you know, there's things that we don't sit on anymore. Um, and <laughs> Literally, I was going through and be like, hey, you don't have a website listed. What's a website? Oh, let me tell you about what a, what, what a website is. And, and so that's how, you know, I, I did a lot of attacking the market rather than waiting for it because no one yeah. knew what it was. <laughs> and the search engines were, really weren't there either, right? Like, it was, it was crazy times. And um, I just kind of stumbled along for a, a couple years and then I, um, we started adding on web development. We started adding on SEO and we started thinking, well, I need to hire someone. And so I brought on a designer, then a project manager, and then eventually we grew it to, you know, a little over a hundred people. So wow. it, was, uh, it was a wild ride. I got to many points where I just wanted to throw in the towel, say, screw it, go take a job and got through it <laughs> that's a sign of a true entrepreneur i think <laughs> so how long did it take you to get from doing it all yourself to finally being like i've got to have somebody else in here to help me like what did that that time frame look like for you 
It was probably, it, it was a while for, uh, I mean, it was probably like two years, um, right? Like, yeah. but it was more like a lifestyle business and okay. like I was a freelancer. Mm-hmm. So I really couldn't, I didn't even know what an agency was. I didn't even know what an invoice was when my first client asked me to send him an invoice, <laughs> right? And so it was just figuring it out. And then I just thought, I was like, I want something more. I want something that doesn't totally depend on me. And I want to be able to pick and choose the things that I love doing. Yeah. And that's when I started figuring out going, all right, I need to bring on this part of the team or I needed to build this division. Yeah. And then just figured it out from effing up. That's incredible. That's incredible. So uh, was there a certain niche that you focused on for that agency or was you kind of open to everyone? I know everyone in the beginning, it's always everyone in the beginning. (laughs) But did it eventually niche down from there? It did. Um, And that's really when we started growing at scale. So we took a horizontal niche at the time. So we, um, we were one of the first companies to build like an e-commerce system, a CMS system, email marketing system, but we were just too stupid to turn it into a SaaS, right? <laughs> we would do it on install, right? Uh-huh. And the, typical, the typical thing that happens is, um, you know, a client calls you and then you never have time to do work on your own stuff. So we realized that if we could give the power to the user of the websites that we created, the ability to make changes, Mm -hmm. So we partnered with a company called Syfinity. They were real big at the time or up and coming. And so we became the best partner in the world for them. And then we did the same thing with SharePoint around Microsoft. And so we started really picking these up and coming technologies that these big companies that we were going after wanted. And so that was our first niches that we had. And then Mm -hmm. we started building practice areas with practice directors and going after higher education and automotive and you name it. So that's incredible. That's incredible. So what type of pricing did you guys have in that agency? I know in the beginning where it's like $500 website, but from there, how did things grow and change over, over time? Well, I remember, I remember having someone come to me and they were a complete a-hole. And at the time I didn't want to say no um, Uh right to someone. Like I just felt bad. I was still rather young. And I just remember at the time our websites were like 10,000. And I remember saying 80,000 to him just to make him go away. Yeah. And he said, yes. And I'm like, oh, crap. And <laughs> the ability to go, man, every $10,000 website I sell, my opportunity cost 70,000. Mm-hmm. And so then it started making us position to, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars of, of websites. Uh, you know, for a, for a website and the, the solutions that we were actually offering and doing at the time. That's awesome. That's so. Was that uh, a hole of a client worth it after that? <laughs> no, there he was still an a hole. <laughs> well, I have a motto: there's no such thing as a bad agency client. There's only a bad prospect or a bad process, and oh. that definitely was a bad prospect. Very true. So, how did bringing that up? How do you prospect now, and how do you filter out good? Or back then when you actually owned the agency, how were you filtering out good prospects and bad prospects? Yeah. So it's basically, I had a kind of, if you remember NBAT, right? And three I's. Mm-hmm. Um, so NBAT stands for need, budget, authority, and timing, right? Mm-hmm. So does, does their need match up with what I, what I can do, right? Mm-hmm. Because 
I always hate agencies that they, they, they're like, yeah, we can do that. We've never done that. Let me go figure it out. It doesn't even associate, right? And then they kind of screw the pooch. And then the next is, you know, asking the budget right up front. Mm-hmm. And if people don't have a budget, right, I'd always mess with them and go, oh, I love working with people that don't have a budget. So then I can, don't have to worry about money. And we just test all kinds of really amazing things. Oh, so you do have a budget. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I would act as like a reverse auctioneer, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'd always start really high. I'd be like, look, I just need to know if you can actually, if we can help you out and if you're the right fit for us. Are you trying to stay around a billion dollars, a million dollars, 100,000, 10,000? What number? Yeah. And I'm trying to get them to say a number. And 99% of the time, they'll say a number after that. And then the oh, next yeah. is authority. Can they make a decision? Right. And, uh-huh. and I'd always ask this question, not assume on their title. Like if they're a CMO, you know, a lot of times they get to get the approval. So I'd be like, mm-hmm. so how does this, how did what you tell me you need, how does this align with your overall company objectives? And they'd be like, I don't know. Who knows then? Oh, Bill, he's the CEO. Cool. Can we talk to Bill? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then timing, you know, we got to make sure that they have a realistic timing for yeah. when they actually want something. And then after we would qualify them, I'd start asking them like, what's the, what do they want? What's their biggest issue? What's the impact? How important is it to them? And so by doing that in the first 15 minutes, I can tell you if the prospect was good or not. Awesome. So how were you finding these particular clients? Is this, I'm sure in the beginning, this was you going out, but over time, how did that change? And how were you guys finding? Yeah, I mean, um, I always believed that you had to have three pillars. It's kind of like a three stool rather than most agencies are referral based. Yep. And just isn't scalable. Honestly, like I'm like, good for you. You're going to keep getting the same client or the shittier client below that. So congratulations. And that's why you're always struggling. And so we had an outbound strategy, um, which we would call people up and we would do targeted research and we would offer them something very small that could actually help them. And then we also had an inbound strategy where we're creating a lot of content and then we had strategic partnerships, like I told you, with Microsoft and Sitefinity, just to name a few. And these are not referral partners. These are like two plus two equals, you know, a hundred. Um, not just saying, I'll send you a lead, you send me a lead. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we built it on that kind of model just to constantly build that predictable pipeline um, and just always be building it rather than, Oh, I sold a bunch. Now I can take my foot off the gas. Let me deliver. And then you're going back and you're constantly in these up and downs and it's pretty challenging. Yes, 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 yes. So what did the pricing look like when your agency obviously started, but then when your packages got larger, what kind of, uh, because we mentioned AT&T and Hitachi, like I'm assuming those are pretty big packages. So how did that, that scale and grow over time? We just kept getting bigger and bigger, right? Like we just be like, and it's all about as you're knowing your client, you have to figure out what are their expectations. I remember going into a meeting one time and uh, I, you know, I rocked this call and, and I was like, there's no way they'll not go with us. And so they invited me to present to a bunch of their execs, go in and there's this huge boardroom. I'm like, holy cow. And I think I'm like <laughs> 25 at the time, much wow. old old gray old people with gray hair and gray beards like me now come in (laughs) and I'm like, Oh, great. And so I present and like, 
present like a $10,000 engagement. And they kind of laughed at me. I go back, I go back to the office. I tell, you know, the limited employees that we had. Yeah. Go, well, who was it? And I was like, oh, I don't know, this company I've never heard of, Brookshire, Brookshire, Brookshire something. They're like, Brookshire Hathaway? And I'm like, yeah, that's it. And they were like, it's like one of the biggest companies in the world, dummy. And, um, and then I found out they didn't go with it. They liked everything. They wanted to go with us, but they didn't think I understood them because they were expecting around $300,000 versus 10,000. Wow. So even though they believed in the product, they didn't quite, okay. They didn't quite believe you in you, lose, but regardless, yeah. Believer. Yeah, you can lose a deal because you're too low. You'll yeah. never lose it because you're too much. The, if you ever lose a deal because you're too much, you didn't do a good enough job explaining it or qualifying that prospect to mm -hmm. see if it lines up with you. That's so very true. So very true. So when you did get a client, you've, you've pitched them, they agree to the prices, everything's going good. How did you onboard uh, new clients once they were coming on with your agency? Yeah. I mean, it was communication, communication and documentation all across the board, right? Like, mm -hmm. so we would sell the deal. We would do a kickoff meeting, be like, this is everything you wanted. This is everything we're going to do. Boom, boom, boom. And we would just lay out the whole plan, like yeah. the timeline, every little deliverable and get everybody's approval. And then we'd have several approvals throughout the process, regardless of what we were doing, rather than going, all right, thanks for signing. Because the first thing they're going to think is, is like, did I make the right decision? Did I make yeah. the wrong decision? So they're second guessing themselves. Yeah. Where you are ringing the damn gong bell going, oh, I sold the deal. Now we can go on <laughs> to the next. But like you have to hold on to your clients because losing a client actually costs you money. Uh -huh. Like I'd rather build that relationship, right, over time rather than, you know, worry about, <laughs> you know, getting a, a new client. Like yeah. I always tell my mastermind members, I'm like, dude, like stop celebrating after you get a client. Like celebrate after they're a client for five years. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, because it takes you 10 times longer to go after and find a new client to bring it in than it is just to keep a hold of the ones that you have. I love that. I love that. So were you guys using any type of software for your, your agency as far as client communication, those kind of things? Um, I mean, we use project management software and CRMs, but yeah. you know, I sold the business in late 2011. So but everything's changed um, from then. Slack and <laughs> Zoom and right, like all the stuff we use now for, you know, all our teams and the, all the other companies we have, you know, that just didn't exist. Yeah. Um, which makes it e even easier now. Yes. Because so. yeah, we I walked know. uphill in the snow both ways. <laughs> Such a jackass. Yeah. yeah, no, no. I remember doing all the Google Hangout meetings because I used to work for an agency that was lo uh, located in Arizona and I was in Missouri and that was just the best we could do at the time. So yeah, Google Hangout. That was our podcast in 2014 when we started. We did our all, the first 10 all on Google Hangout before oh. I even knew what a podcast was. <laughs> Hey, you're in 2014, you were way ahead of the curve. <laughs> so uh, did you do anything special to get clients to come back to you? You know, we talked about the importance of keeping them. So was there anything besides, you know, delivering, obviously, and communicating? Was there anything outside of that that uh, kept clients coming back to you? 
benchmarking, always letting them know and educating them that um, here's where you were and here's where we are now and here's what we're doing. Because clients always forget what you've done for them yesterday. So you got to constantly remind them where they were and where they're at now because they'll just forget. And yeah. a lot of times out of the blue, you know, the agencies I work with, they'll be like, oh, we were rocking this client and they just canceled. I'm like, well, it's probably because you had a shitty communication. Like you didn't benchmark, you didn't do X, Y, and Z. So let's, yeah. let's see if we can salvage it. Let's go back. Let's adapt a new process and system for, you know, all the things we're going forward for the other clients. So it doesn't happen again or limit it a little mm -hmm. bit, right? You're always going to lose clients. That's perfectly fine because then yeah. you can trade up. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Very true. So since you've sold the agency, what does life look like for you now? What are you doing nowadays? Oh, it's amazing. Um, I love it. Um, I didn't know like when I sold the agency, I was completely depressed. Really? Uh, oh yeah. Totally depressed. Um, because I didn't have a team anymore. I didn't have the clients coming to me. So I didn't have that significance anymore. I didn't have that contribution that I needed, um, you know, in order to help. Cause you know, we were doing everything for Lotus cars and legal zoom and Hitachi. Like it was fun. Like, mm -hmm. and, and we sold and, and I didn't even really want to sell at the time. It was just someone offered just a stupid number. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And I was going to wait for, um, the two year non-compete and just start another agency. And so in between, as I was getting bored, like I created an iPhone app, I hated it. And I was just lucky enough that my old competitors started reaching out and were like, hey, how'd you grow an agency big? And how'd you do this and that? And I just, I kind of was like, this is my, this is what I was meant to do. And really just started jumping into it. So on a daily basis, I create content and I'm a media company for agency owners and creating a resource I wish I had or, and then we build communities. Um, for you know, our mastermind where we put like-minded people that empathize with each other. Um, mm -hmm. And then we have experiences like we're talking about kind of like I live in Colorado. So I invite everybody out to the house and we hike the mountain and ride steam engines and hot air balloons. And we, obviously we work on your business and stuff like that, but yeah, no, it sounds lovely. Oh, yeah. getting out of the house period sounds amazing right now. <laughs> And, and, yo, God, I'm an introvert and I never thought I would miss people as much as I do now. Like that, you know, that's how, that's really bad if an introvert. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, I told you earlier that all of us have worked from home. I've worked from home for eight years. So this is not anything new to me, but working from home with all the kids home, sometimes with the husband home, it's like, it's a whole different ball game. And it's like, I'm just ready for things to go back somewhat to the way they were. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love it. But you know, the, here's the deal. Like even if your kids ran in right now or mine, who knows, like my my wife's probably beating them in the background. Like we usually do like uh, <laughs> past two weeks, we were doing a 14 day quarantine workshop just uh -huh. totally for agencies. And a lot of times I'd hear my kids yelling, my wife trying to be like, dad's working. <laughs> And like, I'd have to be like, Hey, you guys are being too loud. And people just laugh. Like, it's just normal. Yeah. Like, well, it's no funny you said that because last week I recorded a podcast and my husband had my daughter in the other room and she got away from him an instant and come running in here. So she made her first podcast debut there you go. <laughs> going, mom, I want an oatmeal cream pie. I'm like, go ask your dad. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's, I mean, that's real. Like I always tell yeah. people, like don't stuff out, like keep it. Like then yeah. people know like you're human. Like it's like, you know, that series with Michael Jordan, it's kind of cool to understand, like, 
how he thinks versus just that machine yeah. that he was, right? So I it's have to watch that a, yet. It's on my list. Is it good? Really good. Uh-oh, I'm gonna have to check it out. So with your mastermind that you've got since COVID has started and it's been going for, you know, a month or two now, what has been the biggest struggle for those agency owners and how are you teaching them to overcome it? Keeping up. They're actually been growing. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, that's actually a trend that I've been seeing. It's yeah, because everybody's I mean, now understanding the importance. You don't have to sell it anymore because everybody gets it now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, they're going really, really quick. Now, yeah. obviously the ones that we're going after, um, the, the markets that were closed, like the restaurants, see the agencies that we normally help and work with, they're normally bigger. They're over the million mark in revenue. Mm-hmm. And so they can ride off, they can ride the storm a little bit. Mm-hmm. So as all these people that are not that profitable, like low profitability margins, not much cash reserves built up, they have to make short-term decisions in order to survive. And I certainly understand that, especially if you're building. This is the best time to build and scale an agency, right? I started in 99, right? This is the dot bomb error. Mm-hmm. And we went through 9-11 and oh, wait, we grew through all those. Mm-hmm. And so I love periods like this, other than people getting sick and dying. Obviously that's yeah. we want to get through it. But for a business sense with everything going down, it gets rid of the really weak and it thins the herd and it, it shows the real true entrepreneurs that are, can do it right, especially with agencies. Think about this. Markets cannot meet. Like if your market used to go to trade shows to mm-hmm. sell or you had a sales force that would go out and sell or people would come to you to buy, that can't happen. Mm-hmm. So an agency is positioned perfectly because we can actually help them out. And Mm -hmm. so as soon as you understand that opportunity and you go after the people that understand that I need to spend in marketing to drive business. I go back to the old quote from uh, Henry Ford. He goes, stopping marketing to save money is like stopping your watch to save time. And I say like, it's like, makes sense is brown toilet paper. You just like, don't do it. (laughs) So So true, especially right now. Yeah. So they're, they're growing, which is so yeah. exciting. You know, we just got off a call a little while ago and people are like, I'm just trying to keep up and we're trying to find the right people. Cause there's so many people now that we, they can pick from. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, how do we weed, weed through that? Well, yeah. Cause a lot of people have lost their jobs or looking for new jobs, opportunities. Yeah. So how are they finding the right talent? Is there a certain, certain thing that you're looking for as far as uh, talent goes? Well, it's, I think in order to do that, in order to grow your agency, you really need to know where you're going. So if you remember my origin story, right? For many years, we like, we always made money. We always grew, grew a little bit in the very beginning, but until I really got that clarity, when I got to a point where I literally almost took a job with NASCAR and they asked me two questions, they go, and we were already a multi-million dollar agency at this time. And mm-hmm. I wanted just to quit. My wife was like, just quit. And they asked me, they go, what do you want to do every day? And what don't you never want to do? And that enabled me to get clarity for where I wanted to go, where I wanted to take the agency and who I wanted to work with. And then I was able to figure out what are my core values, which is how I hire people, mm-hmm. right? Because I want to hire people that believe in what I believe in, right? Yes. Like with my organization now, we, want, we, we believe that we want to create a resource we wish we had and to create a fun, energetic you know, environment, right? 
And so I only hire people like that in this organization, not the corporate suits and ties. Like that's perfect, right? That was my yeah. dad, very yeah. successful, but totally opposite. Like I'd never comb my hair, wear a hat, right? So, yep. <laughs> it, so it's about like find that out and then start researching and starting with your, I call kind of low hanging fruit, your personal network and mm -hmm. just kind of stemming out. And then finding the people that have jobs now, <laughs> or right? Because mm -hmm. the best people have jobs. That's Other than like true. this time, it's a little different. Like some bad owners like just didn't prepare. And so yeah. it's a little different now, but I, I would take them through the same and be like, do you match up? Do you believe yep. in what you believe in? Can you do the jerk, the work? Perfect. Let's go. I like it. I like it. So tell me, uh, tell everyone, all our reviewers about your mastermind now. Where can they find more information about you and what you're doing? Yeah, the best thing is to go to jasonswank.com. Swank is spelled S-W-E-N-K. So jasonswank.com. Everything's on there. Um, and I always tell everybody, digest our content. We have over 600 podcast interviews of major agency owners, over 600 videos on YouTube. Digest that stuff. If you like that, then we can talk about all the other stuff, but go there. I don't have anything to sell you right now. You got homework and digesting and go take action and grow your agency. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. The last question that I always like asking is, is there anything that you're currently reading or listening to that is helping you grow? Um, well, I, it's funny that I've read more books than I've read. I mean, I've wrote more books than I've read. See, I'm dyslexic, <laughs> so that's probably why that hey, same works here. that You're way. Good. Exactly, I'm like left, right, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> um, and I get distracted very easily. Um, I just, I just take action. I, I, I don't really look at other other people of what they're yeah. doing because it it's a distraction for me, and I think gotcha. it's a this is sometimes a distraction for others because then they emulate that. Yeah. Like for example, when I started this business, I really was digesting a lot of Gary Vanderchuk and his show was Ask Gary V Show. Mine was the Ask Swank Show. And then we quickly switched after 10 episodes of like, we'll just do Swank Today Show. Yeah. Right. And so I try not to, I try not to listen to anybody. <laughs> Not, that's not bad advice then yeah. because then you're just being true to yourself and not trying to let other people influence you too much so yeah I, yeah i mean every every once in a while i'll come across tony robbins or seth Godin, like some of those kings and like, yeah. like oh that's a good idea like yeah um but but i'm always trying to learn from doing rather than just watching yeah um so because i feel right. that if you if you watch it's already too late <laughs> Hey, well, that means you're not scared to take action. And that's incredible because there's so many people that is their biggest weakness is they're just terrified to take action. Oh, yeah, that's I see that, too. I mean, that's why my motto is like swank it. Um, it's just like you just like I don't care if it's right, right or wrong. I don't care what they think. Like, yeah, you love me or hate me. I, it doesn't yeah. matter to me. Well, that was like me, this podcast made me a little nervous because I had never done anything like this before. I was like, just, just do it. And then when I got done with the first one, I'm like, okay, you didn't die. Let's do it again. <laughs> didn't die again. Do it again. <laughs> it's great. No, it's um, a podcast is uh, 
It's so much fun. And yeah. uh, I'm glad, glad you guys started it. So. Yes. Well, thank you for being on. And uh, if you guys are watching, make sure you subscribe and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks. You've been listening to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. For more tutorials on growing your digital marketing agency, make sure to visit digitalagencyinsiders.com.